Today's scripture is Psalms chapter 130, verses 1 through 8. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. As I said before, once again, it is the most wonderful time of the year. I'm often reminded of that because I get to hear Andy Williams remind me of that. And he does it better than anybody else does. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It's also a most wonderful time because you get to see some of the most wonderful moments. And I'm convinced one of the greatest moments in the history of television, still my favorite moment of all, is a Charlie Brown's Christmas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just doesn't get any better than that. And Charlie Brown is frustrated. He's, he's been tasked with directing the, the Christmas play, and, and he's frustrated. You know the story. He's frustrated because nobody seems to be in the Christmas spirit. Nobody seems to understand what, it's, what is really happening and what's going on here. Everybody seems to be wanting to do their own thing and nobody seems to value the meaning and purpose of Christian Christmas. And out of frustration, Charlie Brown yells, is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? <laughs> Sounds like we have a Linus in the house. And then Linus calmly replied, Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And right there on national TV, Linus walked to the center of the stage and quoted Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, King James Version. <laughs> and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, 
keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Beloved, when Linus spoke those words, he gave Charlie Brown hope. You understand what I'm saying? He gave Charlie Brown hope. He reminded Charlie Brown that all was not lost. That Christ still had meaning. That Christmas still had meaning. That what Charlie Brown was doing was not in vain. That literally, that literally, the word of God brought hope. That's what Linus did. The word of God brought hope because that is what the Word of God does. It brings hope. Christ brought hope because that's who Christ is. That's what Christ does. That's who Jesus is. That's what the songwriter says. Jesus Christ is the hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so lovely, so good, or so kind. Hope. And hope is a beautiful word, isn't it? Hope. It's just a beautiful word. 
It's a wonderful word. It's one of our favorite words. It has been called in the English language one of the most powerful words. It has, it has kept men and women alive when food and water were not available. Armies have survived on it. Campaigns and countries have been built on it. We name our daughters after it. Do we have any hopes in the building? Hope. Beautiful, beautiful word. But listen to me this morning. For the world, beloved, the best the world can do with the word hope is enthusiastic optimism. That's the best they can do with it. Enthusiastic optimism. When the world speaks about hope, it is having an optimistic outlook on life. A hopeful person is a person who has an outlook on life of having a half full glass outlook on life. They have an outlook on life where the glass is always half full. They always have a positive outlook on life. Always positively thinking. You speak to them and they're always thinking their favorite team is going to win. They're always hoping and believing that it's not going to rain on the day of the picnic. When they got out the car today, the last thing that they said was, I sure hope the sermon isn't going to be long today. And you know what? There's still hope for that. <laughs> and all that is good, beloved. All that is good. But that's all, that's all the world has to offer. Optimism and wishful thinking. But beloved, I want to suggest to you, I want to I tell you something that is much more than that this morning. When the Bible speaks about hope, when the Bible speaks about hope, it is not talking about wishful thinking. When the Bible speaks about hope, it is not talking about optimism or positive thinking. Hope is more than that. Biblically speaking, hope is certainty. Hope is sure, grounded expectation based upon the certainty of a promise. A promise that God is coming. Did you hear what I said? A promise that God is coming. In the Bible, 
Hope is not a wish. Hope is not a maybe. Hope is not a might. Hope is the expectation that God is going to keep his word. Hope is God is saying that God is coming. And then hope is waiting on him. This is hope. God said he is coming. And now you're hoping on it. Now what is that? I'm waiting on it. Now what is that? Is that a wish? Is that a might? Is that a maybe? God said he's coming. Y'all don't hear me. God promises he is coming. Is that a maybe? Is that a might? Is that a wish? Then that determines hope. That's a certainty, beloved. Those who have hope then are those who wait. In the Bible, hope is waiting. And it's a certain wait. And it's just that simple. It's a certainty. That God is coming. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. In Psalm 46, in verse, in verse 10, the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know what? That I'm going to show up. Be still and know that I am coming. Be still and know that I am coming. That is the simple hope of God's people. That is the simple hope God's people live with every day. It is not complicated. Be still and know that I am coming. God will be there for you. Be still. Be still. God's coming. When Moses and the children of Israel got to the Red Sea, the situation looked hopeless. The Red Sea was in front of them. Pharaoh was behind them. The situation looked hopeless. 
What did Moses say to them that gave them hope? Exodus 14 and 13. When Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you're never going to see them again. Why? Because in other words, stand still and watch. Wait in expectation that the Lord is coming. And when he comes, watch and watch him show up and show out. That's hope, beloved. The Lord is going to show up. And when he show up, he's going to show out. That's the hope. That's the hope that the Christian has. That's the hope of Christmas. That's the hope we should live with every day of our lives. Why? Because hope is waiting. That's what biblical hope is. Hope is waiting. It is the expectation that God is going to keep his promise to show up. He's coming. He said he is going to come. And he has never failed to keep his promise. He's coming. Don't get impatient. He's coming. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say. That's what the Bible says. Wait, I say. Wait. He's coming. He's coming. And that's what we see in Psalm 130. Wait. Wait on the Lord. He's coming. That's hope. That's hope. That's what we see in Psalm 130. It points us to hope this morning. It points us to Christ. And it reminds us that hope is not positive thinking. It's not just this positive thinking, beloved. You see that in verse 1 in Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of my sins, Lord, who could stand? There is, listen, listen to what the psalmist says. There is an awareness of suffering. There is an awareness of sin. This is not positive thinking. Hope is not just this positive thinking. There is a deep awareness of suffering. Out of the depths I cry to you. There is an awareness of sin. If you would keep an account, a record of my sins, who could stand? Why, beloved? Because there are two realities in this world that require hope. 
suffering and sin. These are the two realities in the world that make the world seem hopeless. Suffering and sin. These are the two realities that a hopeless world would want you to ignore. Or if not to ignore, would want us to ignore the realities of how they relate to one another. And how oftentimes sin causes suffering. And how suffering begets sin. Hello? Sin causes suffering, and suffering leads to sin. This is the world that we live in, which leads to hopelessness. The hopelessness that is in our world, beloved, is a direct correlation to the sin and the suffering that is in our world. Whether it's Afghanistan or Alpharetta, whether it's Palestine or Pasadena, it's suffering and sin that leads to the hopelessness. And hope for the world is not the end of suffering. Hope for the world is not the end of sin. Hope for the world is the Lord Jesus Christ who promises to end both sin and suffering. And this is the promise we long for, beloved. This is the promise of our hope. This is not some wishful thinking based upon some positive attitude, based on some promise from some political speech. This isn't based on some political speech for some political leader, based on some promise. From some political leader. It's in some political word. This isn't hope from the word of Donald Trump. This isn't a hope from the word of Joe Biden. This isn't a hope from the word of Vladimir Putin. Or, or Benjamin Netanyahu. Notice what the psalmist says in verse 5 of Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. Oh, notice how the New Living Translation puts it. I love it. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. I have put my hope in his word. 
I am amazed. I am absolutely amazed at how Christians, Christians fall out, fall out over the words of political men and women. Fall out over the words of mere human beings as if they have put their hope in men. I have put my hope in his word. Here is my hope. In what word? In what word have you put your hope this morning, beloved? In what word? Not in the words that the weather is going to be nice today. Not in the word that your favorite candidate is going to be elected. Not in the word that your loan is going to be approved. In what word then? In the promise of God that God said he is coming to his people. That is the word I'm putting my hope in. God said he is coming this morning. I have put my hope in his word. The Lord said he's coming. And what have you put your hope this morning? That's what the psalmist says. That's what he says in verse 6. I'm waiting for the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm not waiting on the next election. I'm waiting for the Lord. More than the watchman waiting for the morning, I'm waiting on the Lord. That's where my hope is. I'm waiting on the Lord. God's people hope is trusting in God's promise to come to his people. That's where the hope is. That's where the hope is. God's promise to come to his people. He's coming. I know it doesn't always look like it. But he promised to come. You wait on him. Wait, I say. Wait, I say. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And notice, God's people don't just wait. They watch. They watch. Like the watchman in the morning. More than the watchman in the morning. They hope and expectation that the Lord is coming. Because when he comes, he's going to show up. And when he shows up, he's going to show out. The Lord is going to come. And when he comes, he's not going to let you down. He's going to come and he's going to come and he's going to take over. He promised that he will come 
and he has never not kept his promise. That's why Christmas has always been a time of hope. Hope given and a word fulfilled because he kept his promise before. He did it before. He did it before. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because he did it before. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And that word was given through Isaiah. And that word was fulfilled through the angels. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This was the word of hope Linus gave to Charlie Brown because this was the word the angel gave to the shepherds because this was the word of hope God gave to the world. God came. God came, beloved Because God promised he would come. He kept his promise. So that God's people lived in hope. That's what they did. They lived in hope. God's people live in hope today. God's people live in hope today. The Lord has come. And you know what we do now? You know what we do now? We look for the Lord to come again. We live looking for the Lord to come again. That's how we live our lives. He did it before. We're looking for the Lord to come again. He has never not kept his promise. The Lord said he would come. He came. The Lord said he's coming again. We put our hope in his word. He has never not kept his word. He said in his word that he would come. He came. We put put our hope in his word. What is that word? What is that word? John chapter 14, verse 3. Jesus says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's the hope. That's the hope. I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. I put my hope in his word. That's the word. Jesus said that he would come again. Not only did Jesus say it, beloved, the angels said it. The angels said it in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. 
As Jesus was going away, the angels looked at the disciples in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11 and said, why are y'all looking at Jesus like that? That same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. That word, you have placed your hope in that word. Not only did Jesus say it, not only did the angel say it, this is the word upon which the early Christians built their lives. This was their hope. This was the encouragement with which they lived their lives. The early Christians built their lives upon this promise, beloved. In 1 Thessalonians 4, in verse 16 and 17, they believed for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and then who, we who are alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will always be with the Lord. That is the hope. This was the single simple hope with which they lived their lives, the promise of God in the appearance of Christ. Every day, every day was the hope of Christmas. Do you understand that, beloved? Every day was the hope of the next Christmas. Every day was the simple hope that Christmas was coming again. You know what hope is? This is hope. The courage to believe the word of God. The courage to believe the word of God as if the promise has already been done. It's already done. It's already accomplished. It has already been done. As, as the Egyptians would say in the Ten Commandments, so it is written, so it has been done. As is written, so it is done. Romans chapter 8, verse 24 to 25. For in this hope, for in this hope we were saved. Listen to this, beloved. This is the Bible. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In other words, we wait expectantly. Expecting. Expecting more than what we already have. Knowing that we can expect it. Because it has been promised, and God never fails to keep his promises. 
That's hope. As if it has already been done. The full salvation of our bodies and soul. We have it. It has already been done. There is more in God than we already have. And we can have it. We will have it, beloved. There is more to being saved than just being saved today. And you're going to have it. And that is the hope. God has promised greater and better things. And Jesus says, I go away to prepare those greater and better things. And guess what? You're going to have it. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. And the Christian doesn't just wish for those things. That's not a might. That's not a wish. That's not a maybe. That's a sure thing. That's a sure thing. And we speak of those things in the hope. But those things are assured. Because God keeps his promises. He kept it to Abraham. He kept it to Moses. He kept it to David. He kept it to Jesus. And he's going to keep it to you. And he's going to keep it to me. And how do you know he's going to keep it? Because God promised that he would raise Christ from the dead. And if he raised Christ from the dead, beloved, because he raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says that because he raised Christ from the dead, he's going to raise you and me too. And that is our hope, beloved. As sure as Christ has been raised from the dead, so too are now all the promises of God in Christ. Yes and amen. That's hope. That's hope. That's the assurance with which we live the Christian life. We live now resurrected lives as if it's already done as if it's already done as if it's already done that's hope so what do we do we wait we wait expect it we wait we wait we have a hope an earnest expectation this morning. If you are a Christian, the Lord has given you a hope, an expectation of great things to come, beloved, an expectation of great things to come. And it is not the lottery or the Powerball. It is not the lottery or the Powerball. It is not the Falcons winning the Super Bowl. You can forget that one, beloved. It is not Santa Claus coming to town. It is not a white Christmas. Sorry, honey. No, beloved. 
Your hope is in the firm foundation of the promise that is the word of God this morning. And it is found in Titus chapter 2 verse 13, beloved. And it is that the Lord is coming. It is a blessed appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when he shall come with trumpet sound, all may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before his throne on Christ. The solid rock I stand, all of the ground is seeking sin. All of the ground is stinking sin. All of the ground is sinking sin. That's Christ. That's Christ, beloved. The hope of all who seek him. And the help of all who find him. That's who our hope is. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Hope doesn't get any better than that, beloved. I'm here to tell you this morning, it doesn't even get any simpler than that either. Just doesn't get any simpler than that, brother. Just doesn't get any more simple than that. He's the hope of all who seek him. He's the help of all who find. Beloved, just don't get no simpler than that. Where's your hope this morning? He's coming. He's coming. You wait on him. You wait on him. Let's pray.